drive the amazing golf ball uh, whacker guy. Welcome everybody to Golf Picks with the Plotniks. I am Dino the Pig. I'm joined by my brother, the farmer, Jared Plotnik. Welcome back. No, it feels good to be back. It feels actually better than good. It feels great because you know why? It is Masters Week. You smelling the azaleas? No, I'm not smelling it. But a quick fun fact for all of our fans out there. Everyone wonders why, Brandon, all the holes have certain names. Have you ever wondered that? Has it ever crossed your mind? Well, it's in Augusta, Georgia. Assumes it had something to do with the landscape. I don't know. The landscape. Interesting. I don't know what the landscape has to be. But the fun fact that I have that I actually alluded to earlier, so if you, that's kind of why you said landscape, even though I don't know if that makes any sense. But Augusta was a plant nursery before it was bought and turned into Augusta National as it is today which is why each hole is named after a flower slash shrub. So good fun fact for all our fans out there headed into the 2023 Masters. Already giving you guys fun facts for free. But let me ask you this. If each hole was named after a plant, how did three holes at once get turned into a religious gospel? And I I'm only no talking about fucking idea what that Amen means. Corner. Where did that come uh, from? Yeah, I, I'm assuming it's some sort of flower slash shrub, or else they wouldn't allow it on the premises. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like a combination of a few holes, so it can't, can't have its own name, I suppose, like each hole does. But we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Golf is the picks with the Podniks, presented by Bet the Farm Podcast. It is an honor to be back. We've taken. I'm not going to lie to you. We gave you the first tournament of the year. Wanted to get you excited. Now first major of the year. And depending on what you guys say out there, we'll keep it rolling. So I'm really excited to be here. This is my favorite course, favorite tournament of the entire schedule. And guess what? It's hard not to like it when you've hit three of the past five outrights. And actually, I could even say four of the last six. Patrick Reed, Sergio, Matsuyama, Dustin Johnson hit all four of those outright and could even dare to say, had a few others left out there as well. JP, it's Masters Week. Maybe, have you had ponies in this event? What's up with you at this tournament? Look, man, unlike you, I don't toot my own horn about certain events. I toot my horn about longevity, track record, year-long statistics, okay? So maybe I've had a few. I don't know. Probably not, honestly, now that I think about it. I had Rory last year, the most overrated second place finish of all time <laughs> when he had that monster Sunday uh, comeback. If we could have Scheffler four putted 18, if he could have just six putted it, then I would have hit a winner last year as well. So, um, but I do digress. Look, each tournament's his own. This one's more of a field tournament as I guess we'll get into uh, a little less stats, a little more of what you know what you're looking for. Cause I don't believe there's a course more on the PGA tour, maybe Tory Pines that, uh, but where uh, course history is more impactful. Yeah, we see that at Mirrorfield Village. I know that's another big one out there. RBC, certainly a lot of names towards the top. But, hey, it's Masters Week. There's so much for us to dive into. We're going to give everybody – we're going to jump into the field. We're going to jump into our course notes and tidbits. Talk about maybe even a little live versus PGA. Who knows? Give you some statistics on some of the trends that we've seen, talk about the weather, and, of course, 
dive right into the odds board, give you our favorite bets, talk through the whole board together. Do we want to go at the top of the board? I mean, there is a big three in golf these days, or do we want to try to maybe take some of the top and go deep or condense everything into the middle? Give our matchups, first-round leaders, any props, make missed cuts. Are there going to be hole-in-ones? Oh, we've got a whole bonanza for everybody. But before that, we'll take a quick break. And here we're, psych, we don't fucking give you guys ad reads. Let's jump right into it. The Masters 2023, 90-player field, top 50 in ties after 36 holes will make the cut. Everybody, keep that in mind. About 55% of the players will make the field this week. When you are making make or miss cut decisions, we are making matchup decisions, full tournament matchup decisions, DFS. 55% of the guys are going to make the field. And I'd venture to say 15% of those guys have 0% chance of making the cut anyways, as they are all old previous Masters winners and or amateurs. But we start on Thursday, April 6th. What a glorious day it's going to be. You always know it's going to be a great month when it's the month that my brother was born. Hashtag two weeks away to 32. But our defending champion, Scotty Scheffler. Jared, how did he get it done last year? And how do we think? And actually, what did he show us the way he won it? At only minus nine, how it's going to take to win a Masters championship this year. All right, what he showed me was he could go fuck himself. All right, let me put it that way. All right, was, <laughs> last year that the Masters win ended, uh, I think, four wins and seven starts for Scotty Scheffler. Needless to say, was not on him for any of them, even though we were off to a great start at the beginning of the year. Could have been a lot better. Um, honestly, I don't recall much about last year. I know that sounds uh, a little bad for the question you asked me, but got to call a spade a spade. I just know that guy was – a wizard. He put himself in an impossible spot on three and just ends up chipping in. Guy was just short game galore. That's Um, the hole I I remember the most, honestly, is number three. Because Cam Smith had a birdie opportunity and he just chips in off the green, hits the flag stick. If he doesn't hit it, probably rolls by a good amount of feet. And it just changed the whole momentum because I, if I, if my memory serves me correctly, Scotty started off the first two holes a little ugly and Cam came out hot. And so he was already breathing down his neck after having a few shots stroke lead. So I normally breathe down a lot of uh, females necks after a few shots. So I understand what you're saying, but um, (laughs) all, all things being equal though. Yeah. Scotty just got, he gets it done. I mean, tee to green is what I'm looking for here at this course, just to preview it. And, and Scotty's the number one tee to green player in the world right now. So uh, you mix in last year, he had a he was like going through that stretch where he won a bunch of tournaments. Why? Well, when the best players have a red hot putter, they tend to go through winning stretches. That's what he had. He got the job done. And I hate him for it. He looks like a clown. All right. Hey, you said it, not me. Our previous winners here, and as how we are looking at Augusta, Scotty Scheffler wins at minus nine, Hideki minus 10. I told you guys, Dustin Johnson, the rare outlier, minus 20. Keep in mind, that was after the COVID year. There was two Masters tournaments in the same season, and Dustin Johnson won in a November Masters with zero fans at minus 20. Way different conditions. We're not going to take much off of that. Tiger Woods with the incredible comeback in 2019 to win a minus 13 Patrick Reed at minus 15 Sergio Danny Willett and Jordan Spieth man doesn't it feel like yesterday but golly it was almost eight years ago and he's had so many chances since and I'm sure we'll talk plenty 
plenty about that. Before we get into the odds boards, let's talk a little bit about our notes and tidbits. For starters, let's talk about the course. Augusta National and Augusta, Georgia. Jared, you start me off. You're the one that has become our chief meteorologist. What is happening with the weather this week? That's the first I've ever heard that, but the beauty of being a meteorologist <laughs> is you can never be wrong, okay? That's the beauty of being a meteorologist. You get shit wrong all the time, so here you go. But no, from what I'm hearing is you're getting rain forecasted Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 40% chance on Thursday, 70% Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Then when it comes to the weekend, you're getting like a 15-degree drop in the temperature, so we're going out to like mid-50s in the mornings. But as we all know, weather can change on a dime. Um, not really sure what to expect completely. And, uh, the one thing that I take out of the weather to begin with, when you have forecasted rain for four days is, uh, you gotta, even though they got some crazy technology there, you gotta have to keep in mind that it's probably gonna be wet. They're probably gonna be, uh, playing lift, clean and replace. And with the wet conditions on the fairways, when you hit the fairways, you're going to get no rollout, which means a lot more longer irons than you would normally receive back to you in the studio, Bob. I mean, frankly, if anybody could fare well in wet conditions, it's you. And that is our chief meteorologist right there. Wow. Love to hear it. So they've made a few adjustments as they do each year to Augusta National. The main one everyone's talking about is the 13th hole. They extended 35 yards longer. That's going to be huge with the par fives on 13, 15, 13 is usually one of the most gettable ones where you see guys hitting eight iron in on their approach shot. If they hit a good drive, even out of the pine straw there on the right edge of the fairway, you're seeing guys in between trees all the time, still able to get it towards the green if they are able to get it over Ray's Creek, but they extended the hole 35 yards longer, and they added a few additional tee boxes. So ultimately, I think they're just making the course longer and harder. I'm hearing already, depending on how the wind is shaping, that guys that used to be hitting maybe eight iron, and that may have been on a good day, there are maybe five or six irons in the past. Now guys are maybe hitting three or four irons, and that's going to make that hole completely different because Ray's Creek does come all the way through the front. You got to dominate the par fives. Just talked about 13, 15, even on the front nine, some of the easier, those may be, I mean, well, I wouldn't call them easier. The back nine is just tricky because it always comes down to the back nine. So you always feel like those are the easier ones, but front nine par fives, especially uh, that uh, second or third hole. I think, is it the third hole? I should know this, but I'm. Are you, are you asking me the way you, you kind of just broke yeah, up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The par five is the second hole, right? That. No. Um, the third and then the fourth is like that 235 no. yard hole the, the second hole is drivable the third hole is i believe a part three i should know all these by their flower names given the statistic i gave <laughs> off the show yeah, we so, sound like we sound like idiots right now oh my god no i mean I, i'm pretty i'm pretty sure that i know for a fact eight is one i think it's i think you're thinking of four i don't think it, oh no i'm an idiot it is two so yeah, like one with that's the park a, on the that's right. Where, like, on the Louis ties in, like, Albatross that. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, it, correct. Okay. So that yeah, was you, years you ago, sure. but yeah, correct. Okay, thank yeah, you. Well, guess what? I'm trying to keep you on your toes. You should know your game. You should be asking this question to me while I'm sitting you're here chewing on a tea. Well, Look at me. I'm you're a, oh, doing a podcast. What the fuck are you chewing on teas for? Why? Because if you, everyone watching right now on the live stream sees me in a corner on the 12th hole, I want to look like I'm official. I got a tea. I'm ready to go. I'm going to tee off after this. 
You look more like Jordan Spieth in 2016, you bum. All right, you got to dominate the par fives here. Tee to green, as you mentioned, is the name of the game. Distance, only a beneficiary this week. You're going to hear a lot about how distance is going to play. You talked about it if it's cold, a little bit wet. Wet means that more less run out, going to have to hit the ball further off the tee. Short game is, Jared, you talked about this specifically, you know, short game. Why is it so important at Augusta National? Why? Because you have very undulated greens all over the place, tight lies left and right. You you can't get away with just half-assed, like, around the green play. If you go to, in my opinion, you're going around to, like, a, a Torrey Pines or, like, and Arnold Palmer, anywhere with thick rough to the left of the green. If you miss your spot by a, a foot, you end up in this luscious, thick stuff, and you have no idea where it's going. You're hitting through, like, three and a half – um, feet grass, Brandon. You know, with your ex girlfriend, that's like when you're it's coming to <laughs> have some fun after you get a well, dinner. You said right? so luscious, like, uh, l- luscious rough, and I was like, Ooh, I could, I could, yeah, I, yeah, I might I be, I might be able to get my way through there. <laughs> so, no, but with that said, when it comes to like these tight mowed off areas, look, you can't get away with that. It's not like you can, you can hustle one, you actually know how to hit the shot, and that's why they say on the PGA Tour, Augusta National around the green ranks second. Uh, on the entire PGA Tour um, for importance when it comes to a given tournament. So, guys, as you see, a lot of winners around here. Decky, Patrick Reed, Tiger, Phil. I can go on and on. Around These are guys that are around the green wizards. that They can get up and down from anywhere. And you're not going to hit every green here. And like you said, now as, as ex- extend 13, make it 35. Around the greens only become more and more important. And on a week where um, it's going to be wet and you're going to have an extra club or two in each hole because you're getting no carry out on your drives, I think it's going to put even more emphasis on around the green play. As another guy who is really good with this short game because, you know, you're measuring all five inches and all. But, you know, speaking of short Thank game. You. <laughs> wow. Thank you, man. That's a compliment. <laughs> But speaking of short game, it's not all about just chipping. It's about getting into the flat stuff on the greens. And let me ask you a question here. There's got to be, and it's a, almost a rhetorical question, but I want you to expand upon it a little bit. These greens are known as some of the most undulating, and they run at a 14 simp, some of the fastest on the PGA Tour. And we've seen in the last 10 years winners of Hideki Matsuyama, Dustin Johnson. Sergio Garcia, Bubba Watson, Adam Scott, Bubba Watson twice. I mean, those are some of the most notorious, terrible putters on the PGA Tour over the last 20 years. Well, yeah, especially when Scott won. He was an awful putter. Now he's actually a pretty good putter. But with all that said, you ask me why, and that's um, going to get into kind of foreshadowing my plays. But on these greens, it's more of a defensive putting stroke, right? You're, you're going to have a lot of lag putts, especially like if on nine you like you know nine that when tiger won the masters on sunday he hit one to the top of that green and he hit had to hit this he probably putted it like it was a two-foot putt and it was like a 60-foot putt and he putted to the right that is all just like defensive putting and just that wasn't that 15 right before that par three or no no, or 14 in in between the par fives that really crazy hole that's on like a huge up up uh hills slope and he hit it over the and maybe he did it twice but no, it was definitely nine, the one I'm thinking of, but it was like the most amazing putt. But my point is that's kind of more luck. It's more of a defensive putt. It's more feel. A lot of these guys that are shitty putters, they're really good. Like Bubba Watson, 
really good field putter. He's one, he was always one of the best lag putters, but he was terrible when it comes to like these like 10 foot putts that you got to like actually have the line hit it with authority. That's not his style. What another guy we saw him one last week, Corey Connors, a very, very good defensive putter. Like he, why do you think he's finished in the top 10 here three years in a row? Because he just, it's the style that he can putt on and that fits his game. So to answer your question, I'm going into this week in a roundabout way of uh, I'm going with Supreme ball strikers. Actually, let me clarify that Supreme uh, Tita green players. And I think on this week with guys like that, people, especially if you can find a defensive putter um, one, and if you find them on their game, they're going to be in contention on Sunday. I think all of that sounds right. I mean, if, even if we go look back in the last three years of this iteration of the, of this event, guys that I wouldn't consider the greatest putters, Rory McIlroy, three top fives in the last five years. Let's see, Corey Connors, three straight top tens. Will Zalatoris, two straight top sixes or inside. Even, even Justin Thomas, not known as a good putter, five straight top 25s. DJ, notoriously could have six majors if he could putt has been top 10 three times the last five years as well. So, yes. It's not even I, just them. Like, I'm thinking of, like, a like circle, like, 20. Well, how about, like, like, a, like a Tony Tony Finau with three top 10s in the last four years? Like, yeah. that's I'm, I'm thinking even more on the lower level. I'm thinking, like, uh, Charlie Hoffman, who, for, like, a three-year stretch, dominated his course, and he's notoriously known as just, like, a good ball striker, but who cannot putt for the save his life. Why? Because he was a defensive putter. So, like, there's a common theme to all the players that pop at this course. Another huge debate this week isn't about who's good or bad. I guess you could say that one way or the other, but the big controversy this week is Live Golf versus the PGA Tour. Brooks Kepka from Live Golf coming off of his second ever Live event win. That's really shot him up the leaderboard, which we'll talk, or leaderboard, I should say, the odds board, excuse me. We'll talk about that a bit later. Cam Smith, on the other hand, who is your reigning championship golfer of the year, winning the Open at St. Andrews, has failed to record a top 20 in two straight events. Bryson DeChambeau has not top 10 a single time on Live Tour since he has joined in the last two seasons. 18 guys on Live qualified for the Masters this week. Jared, what are you anticipating with Live versus PGA this week? Yeah, well, first off, shout out to Cam Smith and to uh, my stepbrother because I haven't been hungover since that Sunday where he won championship golf for the year and cash tonight out a nice outright ticket. So, um, but without said live wise, uh, I look at it too. Honestly, I'm not one that looks at, uh, all right, let me put it this way. From my handicapping perspective, I run, I like running numbers in recent form. So for me, the way I look at it, I, I'm not going to be on a live golfer, just a FYI surprise to everyone out there. And that's just because I can't handicap it the way I like to handicap it. But with that said, I'm not expecting any lull in their play or whatever. Like, I don't expect to like, oh, because they haven't been playing as much. I'd assume they like those stud guys probably care enough about the Masters where they were preparing the previous month the way they normally do for it. Oh, so you're saying you don't care that Dustin Johnson, who hasn't given a fuck about hitting a golf shot in his entire life for 25 years, isn't playing every single week to play for the fucking Texas Valero Open? That's what you're saying? Oh. You really don't think he cares? I'm kidding. Oh, normally, Bings, I'm normally being he plays like, 
Yes, he, he no never shit, cares. You're being facetious. We get that. Uh, but I'm saying normally he plays the WGC two weeks before the Masters, and he plays the Arnold Palmer, and he plays all the big tournaments leading up to two months beforehand. He's not doing that anymore. So I understand why people feel that way. But, but uh, do you, dude, honestly, I think it's a fair question. I think like when you're younger in the game and you haven't established yourself, I think playing a lot like a Sung JM, I think of, and a Tom Kim right now that you see, and I'm certain there's a ton of other Americans. Homa did it a lot in his career. Like when you're not established playing a lot, I think get you momentum. Once you've established yourself as like a top 25, 50 player in the world, don't you think you could just kind of pick up a club and, you know, maybe get a week's or two weeks worth of practicing and feel like you could go out and win any fucking tournament? I mean, I guess, but I think the perfect, uh, I mean, I wish I could relate to that. I can't, but I think the perfect <laughs> comparison is that Adam Scott for years has barely played at the beginning of the year and shows up to the masters and is always making the cut and I want to say competing, but I mean, he's kind of older to begin with point is he's still out there playing at a high level. So I'm not thinking that these guys won't be doing the same thing. So we're on the same page. All right. Well, hey, live versus PGA. I mean, honestly, all I can really pray and hope for out of the matter is, can we get a Tiger Phil pairing? Can we get a Bryson? Uh, no, nah, they're too. They, they don't want to be. No, but on the weekend, on the weekend, on the weekend, on the uh, weekend. Okay, that's a, like that's just a, something well, you're, comes you're not together get Phil on the weekend because Phil well, to miss the cut is a great bet. But continue. Uh, but can we get like a Patrick Reed and Rory McIlroy on the weekend? Can we get a Bryson and McIlroy? Something that screams, you know, intrigue. We'll see. And we'll be excited. I was going to say, out. do you want me to answer that? I don't fucking know. Am I Houdini? No. Like, can I, can I read the future? I wish you were Houdini and fucking sh- the fuck out of here disappear. But I, I got to do a podcast for another 30 minutes with you. So we'll talk about another storyline that could affect betting lines this week. And you're the one that in our pre-show conversation which means nothing, everybody. That means we went to the gym earlier and we just shat the shit talking about how we're going to bet on this event. Debutantes. Yeah, for any girls, listen, we work out. Go ahead. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. And I know we have a lot of female fans out there. Appreciate you guys. I know I look really good in a green suit. but Debutantes, you said? Debutantes. 15 debutantes this year. Most of them are due to amateurs and or guys that qualified for the first time ever in their career to make it to the Masters. If you don't know what a debutante is and you never went to one of those uh, ballerina shows growing up, this is a little bit different. This means it's your first time attending the Masters. Debutante has not won this event since 1979. The guy's name was Fuzzy. Shout out my bartender Fuzzy at my local Flanagan's. (laughs) Love you, Fuzzy. That's my fucking boy. But I will say... Will Zalatoris, Sung J.M., and Jordan Spieth, all runner-ups in their Masters debut. Does that change your perspective on betting on a debutante? Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not betting a debutante to win. Plain and simple. So it doesn't affect your... Well, no, it does. Sorry, were you asking if them being a debutante affects... If I will bet them or not. Does Willie Z, Sung Jay, and Jordy being runner-ups affect what whether or not you would bet a debutante? No, they didn't win. And none of the debutantes this year are as good as them three, in my opinion. Fair well, point. What debutante you think would you put in those three categories? Not even close. Yeah, no, there's certainly nobody that 
that rings Mina mine. Pereira, he can go kill himself for all I care. So he doesn't. <laughs> Who else? All right, all right. Uh, I've got one. Tom Kim. No, sorry. I know we. I mean, again, at lunch we did discuss this. You can give your take, but he's in terrible form. Sahay Not Tigula? the course I want him. Keith Mitchell. I mean, he is. Yes, Keith Mitchell's already played before, so he's not a debutante. Fuck, you're right. That was multiple years ago. Adrian Moronk, Adam Spenson. Those are pretty much all we got that I like. Yeah. Oh my God. If you, <laughs> I, I can't find anywhere right now the odds of a debutante winning, but I would like to lay the juice on no. Yeah, that'd be my minus five hundred probably. I don't know. Check your books out there, everybody. We'll Actually, see. no. I see it's minus three thousand. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, I think there's some value there. <laughs> <laughs> Three thousand to win a hundred, baby. Never hurt. I, I do have another juicy bet coming up, but that's later. I'll, I'll just uh, foreshadow where someone can hear it. But it's very similar and a lock. All right. Well, we'll we'll jump in before we get to the board. We're gonna take a quick break. No, we don't take quick breaks. Fuck out of here. Question for you: Long shots versus betting the top of the board. Now is where we get into game theory. How do we want to build our cards? I think this is the most important thing that we stress on golf picks with the pot mix. It doesn't always bode well for us, but in the past, what we noticed was taking, and when I say long shots, let's just call that 50 to one or above in smaller field events has, has proved fruitful in bigger events, 20 to one and above has seemed fruitful in the last year and a half. That is breaking the bank. You need to be taking guys 20 to 1 or below to be cashing your tickets. The studs are just on a dominant tear right now. My question to you, JP, long shots or top of the board? Yeah, I mean, look, just to, like what you said at the beginning, game theory. I'm not trying to like game theory anyone here, right? I'm You're just trying to take the people you think are going to win. There's no game theory involved. Like you, what you said is is pretty much true. That's more so pretty much since Liv has come enacted. I mean, hit Cam Smith a couple times in the twenty range. There's been there's been plenty of twenty winners, right? Twenty plus, not below twenty. So recently, when you you've had the oncoming Scheffler, McElroy, Rom, and that's been as like some of the old studs trickle towards Liv. That's become like the the hot range. Uh, I'm still sticking to my guns. I don't think that, I think that's just a small sample, little variance thing. Uh, of course they're going to win, but I don't think that means that taking some proven good players in the 2050 range is never going to hit again. I mean, I, I, and let me preface, this isn't more in majors, right? When you're, you're coming to like these shitty events that like uh, the other day, uh, like a couple of weeks ago at the Valspar and you only have a couple studs. And then normally you used to have like the Paul Casey's and the Coke racks in the 20 to 50 range. But now the 20 to 50 ranges are like Adam Hadwins and just like a lot lower tier players. Yeah. That's a different conversation. This conversation we're having is for a major, right? This major, it's a lot different. You're still having the Xanders, DJs, Collins, D- Jason day home. I can go on and on oh, in the yeah. 20 to 50 range. Right. So you're still having those good players. So in my opinion, these are two different arguments, majors as opposed to these Valspars, right? So in this tournament, in my opinion, um, to go long-winded, I guess maybe I'll just transition right into the beginning of our conversation, is that oh, I could make I, a case. I don't want your first bet, but yes. No, no, I'm not giving my first bet. I'm just saying I can make a case for bets for, of course, the big three. You could, They're all three dominant, and this gets into my point is that I don't want to take any of them because I can make a perfect case for Scotty. I can make a perfect case for Rory. I can make a perfect case for Rom. All three. I love them all. Uh, the only case I can't make for Rom is that shout out Jason Sobel. 
uh, bet him to win this week. <laughs> he is the biggest moose who never the hits the winner of all moosh. time and screwed our, our Cam Young bet a couple weeks ago at the oh, match play. But um, yeah, we should have hedged. I kind of forgot because we were drinking that. Uh, uh, again, shout out Jason Sobel was on him. We should have known to just max back back out the other way and we would have made a shitload of money just uh, taking Sam Burns. But with all that said, um, yeah, I can make the case for all of them to the point where do I want one of the three or would I rather take three of those guys in that 20 to 30 range that I have good numbers on and I have a good feel for this week? In my opinion, I'd rather go lower down the board. Since 2012, Bubba Watson was the lowest ranked player to claim a victory at the Masters Championship. Bubba was ranked number 18th in the world rankings. Will it in 2016? Quietly ranked number 12 in the world rankings. I think that the myth of these long shots, the Willets, the Bubba's, even go to the Schwartzels and the Scots way back when, has been bunked or demystified. You got to I mean, take. I just, I, I think it's just a small sample. Of course, the best players in the world are going to. I mean, first off, there is no way in the world Tiger was ranked in the top 12 three years ago. So I don't know where you're getting your numbers from, but that cannot be true. There's no shot. Tiger Woods was top 12 in the world in 2019. No way. Top 18. That's the article I read stated as much. Someone's a phony. I mean, sorry to call you out on air, but like there's no way Tiger Woods was at 44 coming off those injuries was ranked that high. So my point just being. I don't I, I I'm not sure that you're right, actually. Think about it. He had just competed at the Open. He had competed at the PGA as well, at Bell Reeve and at the Open. He had a top five at Bell Reeve. He almost won and almost won the Open against Francesco Molinari. He had two top tens at majors. He easily could have been a top 15. You think two top tens in majors for the previous five years of playing it got you into the top 12 in the world? Oh, you're not forgetting he won the Tour Championship just a year or two prior to that. I think okay, you're I underestimating. That, that, that probably gave him a lot more credence. Than it, he probably went from like. I okay, honestly thought sense. I sounded like an idiot, but now I'm glad that my no, brain, I mean, still, my brain's working. People, watch no, the fuck now out. I'm actually I'm actually further improving my point of what I'm getting at is that I think that's just a little overrated. Okay, yeah, top 18 players win here. Well, guess what? There's only 80 fucking players in a field, and 35 of them can barely walk down amen corner because they're fucking 70 years and older sandy <laughs> lyle's gonna break a hip this week with his big old overalls on jeez so um well, all hey, that being said at, at least in angel cabrera can't c- go kill anybody this week so that that's always a good a good sign be careful he could be like the safety and the replacements get like called in under a different name the safety that comes in 42 pick six shows shows, name. shows the smith uh, hands the umpire a five dollar bill with a fucking a piece of paper that says, "I am El Pato. I'm 18." <laughs> Correct. But my point <laughs> is, would you be surprised if like a Decky or a, a Fitzpatrick win? Because those guys are like the 20th guys on the odds boards, right? So I could see easily them or anyone ahead of them winning this week. Okay. Well, I just feel better that I thought about that. I was literally the next thing I had in my bullet points was, "What are your expectations?" For El Tigre this week. Honestly, I'm, I have not no a, reason not, to be bullish. Not, not a bad showing at Riviera. Not a too long back. Made the cut. Made the cut at both of the majors that he played last year. Look, this guy, he could play this course well, like Ray Charles, open. right? 
I mean, I don't, not, not to be rude, but he could be blind and play this course. He knows every pin position for every quadrant of every green. Um, only only issue I have for him is once he gets to the weekend, not if he gets to the weekend. Once he gets to the weekend, if he can handle the cold, right? It's supposed to get a little chillier after he plays two rounds of walking on the bad ankle. Will his back hold up? I don't know about that. But I am bullish for him, and um, I may or may not have a bet on him later on in our telecast here. Right. That being said, let's jump right into the board, what everybody wants to know. Let's go right into the odds here, and we start at the top. Your big three. We're in a big three era these days. There are three guys under 10 to 1 odds. Scotty Scheffler, your outright favorite, 7 to 1. Rory McIlroy, 7 to 7.5 to 1. John Rum at about 9 to 1. You kind of already answered this question a tad bit earlier and prefaced it. Do we want to spend at the top? Now, here's what I would say to my gamblers out there. No because we want to give ourselves the most opportunities to win. Now, if this is the one event of the year, one of the four, because there's four majors, if you bet four times a year and you just want to watch it for fun, sure, go ahead. Bet on Rory McIlroy, bet on John Rahm at 9-1, to get a decent little payday for a few hundred dollars. If you no, 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 not no Rahm, Sobel took him. Just okay, be nice. Sorry, my bad, okay. yeah, my bad. Yeah, so, yeah. Sobel moves, that's on me. Yeah. Take Scheffler, take Rory if you really want to. There just you to, go. Just for some entertainment value. If you do what we do and you grind the PGA Tour season all year long, what you need to do is have structure. And in order to have structure, you need to build out exactly how much money you want to spend each week and allocate that into how many golfers you're going to attack in that given week. Now, I would much rather have four to five golfers bet on this week at the Masters where we've seen a ton of guys win at over 20 to one odds. We've seen a ton over 50 to one odds. I've hit three of them in the last six years. I know we're in a different era. doesn't matter. All the live players have come back. Do we want to do that? The answer to me, no, we're going to fade that. But what I will say is if you're a guy like me and you're a big Rory stand this week, everyone knows I'm a speed stand. We'll talk about that shortly. If you're a Rory Stan this week like I am, I truly believe in my heart Rory McIlroy is going to put on a green jacket this week. If you believe that, you sit there and you fucking grind your dick off nonstop on live betting and you wait until you get the best number possible because this guy starts slow almost every single Thursday of every single major and has the best Saturday and Sunday, specifically on Sunday, in the entire world. Try to find if you can get a 12 to 20. If you can get a 12 to 20 come Thursday, maybe even Friday, if you have to wait, you sit there, you wait, attack. That's how I'm looking at it. What do you think about live betting the top of the board? Yeah, the one thing I'll expand on, I mean, I get that, especially Rory always comes out a little nervous. I remember at the Irish Open, he was so fired up and he comes out and snap hooks one out of bounds to start. And then he like, he was shook as a leaf after that because it was his home event. But getting to your point, don't wait too long, right? I mean, the, the live betting moves for a reason. It's because uh, the more shots you lose, the harder it's going to be to win, even for a guy like Rory. I mean, this, these are the best golfers in the world. So if Rory gets plus one through two, something like that, um, he, he, he goes. He tricks the 14, both. boom. That's what I'm yeah, looking to attack. That's that's my point. You want to like you don't want to wait till like, if, if Rory's you see over a guy, 20, or you see like, My it, point is if Rory's over 20 to one, it's probably not a good bet at that point. Correct. Now, another thing to, to realize when you're live betting for people that aren't avid live bettors, 
if he bogeys a par three right before he goes into a stretch, let's just give the example on the back nine at Augusta. Maybe he fucks up the 10th hole, but you know that he's going to, or maybe let's call it the 12th hole. And then he goes to 13 and then has 15 and 16 with a chance to get back three or four strokes in the three or four hole stretch. Boom. That's your live betting opportunity. The books, they might slightly adjust for it, but not completely. Dude, I may have a future in uh, uh, being a professor because, man, you just completely stole that out of the page 69 of my textbook when it comes to gambling. I'm proud nice. of you. Well done. Nice. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, hey, it's never good when we're on the same page, but if we could just do it a few times an episode, well, maybe it'll No, play. that's not it, though. That's more like also like books it's are going to be that's more. That's game their, theory. It's books are going to be more on their game when it comes to like a big tournament. That's more like if you're live betting like we do each week for every damn golf tournament, if you're grinding a lower stakes one and you know that the par fives are six and seven and the first five holes are hardest on the course, you just wait until the they finish that fifth hole and then your the algo doesn't know that the next two holes are the easy par fives. Exactly. You can take advantage of the numbers from there. Yeah. No, you've you taught me that the whole algo concept, which is what I was talking about previously. So yeah, I took the words out of your mouth that I took out of you took the words That's out right. of my mouth that That's I took right, out of yours and we're just I'm exchanging proud. changing you know that throat that new throat emoji that like it's like a, the emoji that's possible, smiling that has tears almost running out of its eyes it's like the proud like grandfather that taught his uh grandson how to like bike for the first time or how to throw a baseball for the first time that's how i am right now looking at you the way you described that oh uh, you looked like the old man from uh family guy to me creep dick uh, well you look like quagmire so continue please giggity 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 all right, we move forward out of the top of the range to what I would – let's just go to the 18, I'd say, 16 to 30 range here where this is, to me, where I think the bread and butter is going to happen this week. These are a ton of guys that have either won majors, maybe not be in the best form, but could win any given tournament on any given week. We start with Jordan Spieth, who we all know is the Masters aficionado. The amount of – domination that this guy has shown at this event he's got let's take a quick gander where are you mr jordy excuse me i mean i'm seeing jordan anywhere from 14 18 to 1 mm, yes so seeing a 16 at the shortest i'd see some 20 out there anyways I was going to say something else, but I'm filibustering. We got Jordan Spieth, Patrick Cantlay, Justin Thomas, Cam Smith, Morikawa, Tony Finau, Xander Shoffley, Dustin Johnson, Jason Day. I think that about wraps it up in that area. I think this is the area that we want to attack. I will defer to you because let's start off, Jared, with eliminating guys. Who are we not betting on in this range? Yeah, so this is something I actually want to expound upon. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, so I want to, like, these guys in this range, and especially when you follow golf religiously, like, they're all good, right? So you have to come into this zone, and you need to just nitpick a reason to eliminate, eliminate someone, right? If not, you're going to pull your hair out. Like, you have to figure out who you don't like, why you don't like them, and get rid of them, right? So boom, right away, Cam Smith has come out. He's been playing live, says he has a hand injury. Came out in his press conference today, says he hopes he can find it. Boom, he's eliminated. That's I'm not taking him at 22 to 1 in that situation. In that situation, Terry, he's off the hook. Okay? <laughs> he's gone. Shout Our out ass to Terry. is in the jackpot. 
Yeah, you got, if anyone out there, a baseball fan, look up that video about him arguing with an umpire. Fantastic. Okay. Uh, um, other than that, Patrick Cantlay, 18 to 1. Dude, nothing bad to say about him. He's striping the ball, striping the ball for a change, and he's actually not putting. Normally, it's the other way around for Patrick Cantlay. But me personally, I don't bet on guys at the Masters that have never really contended in a major. Patrick Cantlay for me, off the hook. It's like it's little things like this, right? Uh, sorry, Brandon, to call you out, but for me personally, Xander Shoffley never really, even though he's back to where a couple like second, third place finishes. I don't think he's ever contended. I don't see him having that killer instinct. Although I don't mind his number, I'm seeing as low as 28 to one, which is a nice number. But for me, there's a couple guys around that. Uh, he's off the hook for me. So before I get into my plays, you can go through the same process. Yeah, if I'm going to go through the same process. Jordan Spieth is certainly being started at the top as a guy that I'm interested in starting my card at. I will, hey, we're very transparent on this podcast. Me and my brother are from South Florida. Shout out Fort Lauderdale. Shout out Sunrise, Florida. And we're not in a legal Come state. Come on, dude. There's people out there that send us death threats. You're going to tell us our location? Well, I didn't say my exact address, but if you want to know, and you're a female that we know a lot of females, ah. listen to the podcast. Well, well, well DM me, DM me. Oh, sorry, Miss um, Guzzi. Yeah, so Jordan Spieth is certainly someone I'm starring. Patrick Canley, I just have a gut feeling it's going to click all soon, but I just looked at his history, and you're just not wrong, man. He just doesn't compete well in majors, but his ball striking numbers are out of fucking control right now. Yeah, he's it's... gained over f- five strokes ball striking in four straight events. It's just the putter. He's been negative, pretty much negative putter for five straight weeks, and you know I don't think the contour of the greens has never proven fruitful for him at this event. I think I got to knock Patrick Cantley at that number off the board. In the situation, Patrick Hanley is not a play for me. Justin Thomas. On... All right, I'm just proud of you. You said fruitful twice now. You're going for a franchise pod record three in a row if you say it one more time. So try to incorporate it again going forward. It's got to be organic because I love my – Oh, you like your, fr- your organic yeah, fruit? Yeah. You know, ah, well, trade, done. Trade well, done. Well, Jones, well done. Well done. You know? Well done. Well done. Justin Thomas, 20 to 22. I saw you saw 25 to 1. So I got a few thoughts on Justin Thomas here. My thing is the guy's a fucking winner and he's a killer and he's done us right. We hit him at the PGA. We hit him at the players. And both times, Jared, he did it unconventionally, which I don't like. He kind of came back both times. Now, when he won the PGA the first time, he won that tournament with one of the sickest shots I've ever seen on 18 of a of a well, major well. in my entire life. What? I, was, I thought you – did you say the players? I said, sure we, the I players. said we hit him at the PGA and the players, but his first PGA that he won – Oh, sorry. I was saying I thought he, you, I thought he came. Saying he came, at the players that he stormed that was for, the luckiest well, shot ever. Oh well, that I mean, I wouldn't call it lucky. It was so sexy, crazy tight draw around the water. But my thing is, he was pretty much chasing that tournament, and a lot of guys at the top falter. You know, the Westwoods in that situation, um, and that Jesus Christ. I mean, you would know better than most at the PGA with the Mita Pereira, Willie Z. Shab- oh, Shab- the, the shambles. Well, they why do you have to there. bring that up? Like, I'm not, I'm gonna come kick your ass. Well, you know, it just Fuck has, you, Mito. Yeah, I know. But the first time he won the PGA, 
he won that tournament and he won that tournament against uh, Dustin Johnson not too long ago where he hold out on 18, but he always finds himself chasing. And for that reason, I don't like a guy chasing. I want a guy that is going to get out front. I don't trust him on these greens. He hasn't been putting well enough. And so I'm ruling Justin Thomas out unless I can get a good number on him. Cameron Smith, like I said earlier in the podcast, Back-to-back, not top 20s on the live tour. If you can't do that on the live tour at two easy-ass events in Orlando and in uh, Phoenix. It wasn't Phoenix. It was Tuscan. What, what the fuck do you call that place? I don't fucking who cares? know. Who cares? Yeah, who, honestly, whatever. I mean, we watched it. We do care because we hit on Danny Lee. <laughs> so we do oh, care. It's just because we were bored on Sunday, but yeah. I, I know, whatever. But he didn't top 20 there. Back to back, no top 20s. He's coming in. He's getting asked, getting peppered with questions about Liv. I'm ruling him out. And this All is. All right, where... well, now just your point, not to cut you off, Brandon. I'm just saying at this point, we've proven our point of why we're eliminating people. I think at this point, because we have so many guys to talk through, let's just jump into the guys we like. Well, that's what you were leading my way into, senor. Well, and... We're on the same page. But not with all our golfers. <laughs> I think I'm going to start my card with Senor Colin oh. Morikawa. Wow. I thought you were definitely going Jordan Speed. Uh well, I'm saying starting my card like that, I'm definitively betting. I got you. I've made a note on my spreadsheet and any guy at a number or above. So for me, calling 25 or above is a play to me based off of the way my numbers run out in my model. He ranks as the sixth player in this tournament. He's sixth on approach in the last 24 rounds, six T to green. We talked about this. This is huge. Par five scoring eighth scrambling 10th. How crazy is that for a guy who's not a great putter 10th and scrambling. You wouldn't have known that. Even at Augusta, well, just short game in general, but even at Augusta in the last 24 rounds, I mean, think about that. That's six years running technically if if qualified. Ranked 17th in strokes gained at Augusta. And on long courses, I factored this in to my Rick Rungood model. Everybody, shout out rickrungood.com. But uh, 15th overall on long courses. So if you were going to say that Colin Morikow doesn't hit the ball long enough, well, I'd venture to tell you that his approach play in T to green game will make up for all of that. So, all that being said, I am going to start my card officially with Colin Morikawa. Yeah, let me preface this with two things. Number one, you probably shouldn't take Colin Morikawa because I'm on him as well, and we haven't hit one together since the 2010, 20, 2020 players. Tongue twister there. Um, so, before I get into my handicap, though, I just want to give you guys a sound that everyone loves. A nice, fresh beer being opened. We're talking about a victory golden monkey. 9.5 alcohol. So, look, I make my words. Alcohol. That was the point, Brandon. You you, you don't let me finish my sentence, you idiot. You you don't know what ABV stands for, though. That's the real thing. Um, Who cares? It's just the percentage of beer uh, or percentage of alcohol to beer. Let's put it that way. All right. This is the second beer I've ever had in my life. So just let me enjoy it. And and everyone out there is going to enjoy it as well, especially once I get my handicap. And once you're going to the handies, kind of getting your point, though, which is, dude, Morikawa always gets flack for being bad around the greens. Uh, and I already gave my handicap earlier, kind of the guys I'm looking for, one supreme ball strikers, guys that are good around the greens. If we just get any green out of Colin putting, 
I he's he's going to be really up there with a chance to win on Sunday. I mean, Corey Connors last week, I know different field. He barely gained he like he gained less than half a stroke putting and won easily like in in Houston. And there, I, I find them to be similar players. Why? And you ask, oh, Colin doesn't hit the ball far. Why does he compete here? Well, guess what? He's the best long iron player in the world. Number one, number one. So you're telling me this course is getting longer. You're telling me this course is going to be wet. So you're going to have a club or two extra in your hands. This guy is going to be having six and seven irons all day in his hand. And he's going to outstrike everyone if he's on. I mean, we saw what he did round one of the players and he disappointed with the putter. His putter was atrocious. Um, but the guy gained nine and a half strokes on approach. Number one in the field at the players. Uh, obviously, he let us down a little bit the match play, but that's what happens when you go against good old Jason Day. Jason Day beat him. We were on him as well, and then he let us down because he, he choked against Scotty. But again, I digress. I just love everything Colin represents here. Came, He's gotten better all three years he's played here. His first year, he made the cut as an amateur. No one knew who the hell he was. I know who he was. Why? Because I bet against him on a Sunday head-to-head because I'm like, who the hell is this guy Morikawa? I'm getting this season professional at minus one. 30 against Morikawa and Morikawa shot six under on a Sunday. I was like, good grief. I'm an idiot. And I lost my money. Then he, I think he, he, he went on to go either 16th in, in 2021. And last year he came in sixth. So he's, he's going up and up and up. He knows the course now his short game uh, it has looked a lot better gaining over when I'm talking around the green, which I'm uh, really looking to this week is gained his last four in a row. I think Morikawa checks every box this week. Uh, that's just, we, if we get, Two game, two strokes gains putting. I'll flag plant saying he's going to win the tournament. Finished top five there last year, top twenty the year before. What's not to like about Colin Morikawa going for his third major championship? And what I would love to see is if he could finish this out. How awesome would this narrative be for the next ten years? Colin Morikawa needs to win the U.S. Open to finish their career Grand Slam. Jordan Spieth needs to win the PGA Championship to finish their career Grand Slam. And Rory McIlroy needs to finish the Masters for the career Grand Slam all in the next 10 years. And don't forget that Phil Mickelson needs to finish the U.S. Open. Yeah, I was going to say, you're forgetting the most important one who's not going to ever play it again. But (laughs) Precisely. But I think that that would be extremely awesome to watch year in and year out. All right. Let's keep moving down the board. Keep it going, baby. We got Dusters, Johnson, Jason Day, Cameron Young, Max Homa, Brooks Kepka, Sung Jay, Victor Hovland, Will Zala, Torres, and a little bit further on, we got a few more names to go with. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I'm going past this 35 to 1 range. I might throw one bomb that I'll talk about a little bit later, but we're going to start here with Dusters, Johnson. I think this is a guy that Obviously, has won at this event before, has multiple, multiple top five, top tens here, dominates this track. I will say he won the event at a time of the year that will play a lot differently and with fans this time as well. Not going to get on him outright. He has won one event on the Live Tour, but has petered off just a bit lately. I don't take that to mean much i just think i'll attack him in other ways dfs at low ownership or maybe a top 20 or something of that nature i'll just keep going my spiel this is the way we're doing it it seems um good old jason day another guy i'll talk about him in matchups this guy seems like a great matchup play this week don't think that he's worth it out right at this number 
And a guy that we've been on, Cameron Young. I mean, what's not to like about Cam Young except the fact that his short game sucks and he can't – I have no faith in his putter having gone through what we've gone through with him. Got no faith in his putter. His driver can only do so much at a track where – I mean, at this course, I wouldn't say that accuracy is the most important thing, but, I mean, one way we're drive and you're really going to put yourself in a shitty situation – I'm just not there yet. I think I could get to him at a live number closer to 40 or 50 than I will at the 28 slash 30. But in this range, my next official play that I have already taken is Max Oma. Oh my dick. At 27 to one, I found it. I'm seeing 25s most places. I found it's 27 to one, which is rare in Florida on an offshore, but I'll take what I can get. Like the kid's just been so freaking good ball striking and his last six events has gained over five strokes ball striking and five of them he's putting lights out. The short game is always there. The guy is just proving to be a winner. I mean, I will disregard the president's cup. That's not a real win has two wins since September, a runner up at the Genesis, a top three at the century a top six at the players. Like, I just don't know what else this guy can do. He hasn't finished outside the top 25, except once at Phoenix this season alone. It's pretty freaking incredible. The kind of run that this guy is on. And it's not only that. I think that everything he does is a big reason as to why I like him fourth on approach in the last 24 rounds, seventh tee to green. He is 20th scrambling second on putting on fast greens, these are things that I put into my custom model. I think this is a great week for Max. Oh my dick! Hey, teach your own. Hopefully, kind of more of uh, what I said about Cantley to go with. He's got to compete, but uh, I just I, has... I just think it was I at least got, I at least got a good number. I didn't stretch on like a twenty. Yeah, I mean, we'll see if he can show it on uh, East Coast Bermuda when he's been a predominant West Coast poet guy. But uh, personally for me, in typical Brandon fashion, he gets so excited and moves on. Doesn't even ask if his fellow playing partner has anyone else in the previous range. So No, I'm gonna we, go were ahead going, and, we were each doing our own range. Like, you do the range, you break it down, decide what you want to do, I do it. And that's how, the way we did it the first way, so keep it rolling. But I'm sorry. Regardless, to... all right? You don't always have to defend yourself. It's okay to say, my bad, Jared. You should have fired away. And I'm going to fire away right now. You have a shrimp dick. Yeah, I know that. But I'm going to fire away in your ugly face. And you you don't know that you have an ugly face, but you do. And all the watches right now, look at all those emojis popping up. Crying, laughing. Um, (laughs) Sorry to put you on blast here, but everyone's cracking up at you. But, um, yeah, I'm going back to the well. Justin Thomas, 25 to 1. Look, man, I'm, I'm, I'm taking that. All day long with him. You got Bones McKay in the bag. I don't know. He's only won three Masters in his career. He only knows this course like the back of his hand. Uh, Justin Thomas ranks second on tour. Feet of green overall. Uh, what's the one thing holding him back? We all know that, the putter. But where did he gain three strokes putting last year? The Masters. Where has he gained strokes overall putting in his Masters career? The uh, <laughs> His PGA Tour career? The Masters. Where has he finished? Top 22 in his last seven Masters and made the cut at all seven of them. Uh, yeah, Justin Thomas has. And who plays practice rounds with uh, with Tiger Woods and Fred Couples all the time and gives them all the tidbits? Justin Thomas. Look, he's going to win a Masters in the next five years. 
And just because he's in bad form, and uh, for those not watching, I'm putting those in bunny quotes, just because he is his tee to green has been stellar. He's seven, five, six, 12, five. Five of his last six starts, those are his uh, tee to green numbers. Uh, the one stat I'm focusing on more than anything this week, he's number one around the green on the PGA Tour. Um, I think Justin Thomas checks every box just because his approach, which is normally what he's leaned on in the past, has kind of been subpar for him at least. I mean, he's gained in five of the last six, but nothing less than two and a half, nothing more than four. So it's kind of subpar for him. But he's taken off since the Valspar. He didn't play the WGC. He's probably been honing in at home, hanging out with Tiger, playing his approach game. I love Justin Thomas this week. He's my favorite um, pick on the board at 25 to one at least. Fourth in par five scoring. Fifth yeah. on strokes gained on long courses and 10th on strokes gained at Augusta National in the last 24 rounds. That is Justin Thomas. Yeah. Meow, meow, meow. Fits the mold. I will say, though, 67th on strokes gained on fast greens. But yeah, that... of course, that's obviously the issue. I mean, look, we know his putting is the issue, but it's not. I'm not here to debate he's a good putter. I'm not here to debate he's a great putter. What I'm here to debate is that he's elite at the main skill sets you're looking for here, and he's priced as the eighth or so golfer on the board. I mean, look, man, I will bet my one of my nuts, even though I won't have to give it up for 25 years, but I bet one of my nuts that he wins the Masters in the next 25 years. So for me, getting him 25 to one to me is value. Yeah, put those raisins away. Anyone else in this area? Raisins? That's a thank you. That's a compliment. Uh, oh, that's because you're squeezing the yeah, sque- well, squeezing so yeah. the lemons dry. While we're still there, I'm not going to take it yet. I'm waiting for some drift. Again, we're recording this. This is now 8:58 p.m. on a Monday. So, look, there's a lot of these markets. They're being competitive. They know how much liquidity, how much action they're going to get this week. They're going to be dropping guys like flies, especially uh, for the main website I use. So I'm trying to keep um, chips open. The only bets I've officially taken so far were JT and Morikawa, but I still think the two of them may drift a little bit as well. So I'm waiting. But the one I, I – if he gets to the 20s, I may have to snatch. It's just Jordan Spieth. And everyone knows I'm not a Spieth guy, but when – I mean, the way he plays at the Masters, um, whole nine yards of Spieth. I don't have to go into depth about Spieth. Everyone should know about Spieth, why he should be good here and whatnot. The one thing I'm scared about betting a guy like Spieth at this number is just that he's a mental midget. Like he can't get it done recently. He's been in, we bet him a few weeks ago. He just croaked at the Arnold Palmer on the back nine, just actually the back four, just completely croaked. Then a week later, I don't, I forgot what tournament it was, just blew up again. The guy just, he can't finish. He's just a head kick. You know, if you watch him, if you listen to him on PGA Tour Live, he just y- loves to yap. He's shook. He doesn't know what's going on. He, that's the one thing holding me back. If he's a 40 to one here, it's an auto bet, just like at the Arnold Palmer. He's got him at 50. I'm okay. I'll take a chance at 50, but like, this guy, I just, I can't, like, I think number 12 is in the back of his head ever since he blew it. And I don't know if he can get over that. So <laughs> I'm going to wait. I'm going to do more due diligence over the next 24, 48 hours. But I still like him. I just, I'm definitely not taking him under 20, but I think I'll get at, at work. At worst, I'll probably get a 20 at one point and I'll decide if I want to bite on that. Wow. Calling the 13 time PGA Tour champion and three time major champion a mental midget. No, that's a, that's only, a new one. He, he's that's only a new a, one. He's only a two-time major champion because he cheated against Kuchar at the Open. That was not real. That was not fair. That was rude. And honestly, that is just the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen on the PGA Tour. But that's a story for another day. Look, we're going long enough. Let's move on. We could have a whole nut podcast about that one. 
But in my opinion, Kucher has a major and Spieth only has two. All right. Hmm. On to the next. You're the worst database ever, then. Fucking A. All right. Brooks Kepka, 35 to 1, somehow steamed. It was probably like 90 to 1 or some crazy shit going into the week. You got him, Sung Jay, Hovland, Zalatoris, Burns, Matsuyama, Fitzy, Hatton. This is the interesting spot, I think, oh, in yeah, this, this, 30, this, this 35 to 50 range because these are all guys that I think all have a chance to win on any given week. The question is, can they do it at Augusta? Yeah. Um, I mean, just going off also the set I'm looking at, the one guy I'm looking at who you mentioned earlier, and I, I said before, and I'm so bullish on for the next year plus, I think he's going to be a top three player in the world a year from now is Cameron Young. So I like him a lot. I'm seeing him at 33-1. I don't know if I'm going to get there just because it's the second time at Augusta. Kind of hope he misses the cut, and then I can get him at a better number his next start out. But – Again, I digress. As we talked about earlier, we have to find a reason to eliminate guys. I'm not buying the steam on Brooks. Sorry, it's just not happening. He at 30 to 1 buy. Just get out of here. Zero percent chance. Yeah, yeah, no shot. Um Sung Jay, I, I, like, I am very yeah, intrigued. Yeah, Sung Jay at 40, he's got my attention. Salatoris at 45 is at of all these guys in this area has my most attention. I mean, you're talking about a guy that is just He's come second and sixth year, and just because he had to withdraw last time out, I mean, at the Genesis, he finished top five. He was in contention. He was a beast, and he his his game just fit. And Brandon, what I talk about the, the get go, just not, last time I'm gonna say it. This is the one guy to mention, so I wanted to hone in on it when I talked about Zalatoris. Defensive putters, Zal no Zalatoris is the best of like he's a great defensive putter. He's really good at lag putting for yeah feet until he gets to three feet. Just, that's not the point, though. The point is that everyone – that's why the shitty putters here contend because there's a lot of three-footers that are missed at this course. You don't have to be a shitty putter. You don't have to be a good putter. All the good putter, putters don't miss the three-footers on the PGA Tour. It's the shitty putters that do. Now you get here, everyone's going to miss their handful of three-footers. That's okay. because So it helps the shitty putters. As long as you can lag putt from 40 feet, get it down to tapping range like Zalatoris can do – that's why Zalatoris has performed here, and I think he's going to continue to. If I get some drift with Zalatoris till 50, I definitely will take him. So I'm leaning Sung Jae here, where we can make the same type of arguments where Zalatoris has gone top six in the past two years. I could say Sung Jae has gone top eight in the past three years. I think that he is made to play this type of track, Bermuda grass greens and South in the Southeast of the United States. The guy knows how to win has already won on the PGA tour. Took Willie Z forever. Sung Jay doesn't have that pressure. I think he's got the perfect off the tee game, 62% accuracy. It's probably top five on the PGA tour off the tee. Going to be huge here, especially if it gets wet. 37 to 1. If I can get something above 35 to 1, gonna be hard for me not to be on Sung JM this week. And guess what? I am the whisperer of certain players, and I may or may not have hit on Sung JM 50 to 1 at the Honda Classic just a few years yeah. back. Last thing I'm gonna say about Willie Z, last six and second finish, five and a half strokes, six point three strokes putting back to back years. I think he has something figured out with this about these fast greens. Okay. But again, other than this, I'm just saying in this range, I can make a case for a decky. His neck injury, I'm just not taking him. Same thing with this Fitzpatrick, his injury, even though I like it in like these shitty conditions, I'm not taking him. Uh Corey Connors, man, 
you can check off all the boxes, but at 50 to one right now, I'm not going to take you. Uh, I may have a bet on him though later on. Uh, spoiler alert. Last but not least, though, Victor Hovland. He's the other one I'm taking a look at. I like him a lot. He's been trending very well in the ball striking categories. No, and can't, can't do can't do the short game. Not going to happen. Yeah. Can't convince yeah, me. There's no way. Cool. cool, that's fine. But he's gained around the green here twice in his three um, appearances. He hasn't finished worse than 32nd. Again, hasn't finished better than uh, 20th. But he also has not had the ball striking numbers that he has had recently on the PGA Tour. He is just mashing the ball. And it's things you love to see about someone coming in a situation like this. I mean, we're talking ball striking, um, 9.2, 9 9.946, 5.5. Those are four of his last five starts. And the only one that's less than six, or the the 5.5, is at the golf or at the match play, right? So it's a small sample size. He got eliminated in the first round. So I'm not even taking those stats into it in comparison. So his ball striking numbers – um, the four tournaments before that where he actually competed, and we're talking about the players, Arnie, Genesis, Phoenix Open, elite events. He ball struck over five on every single one of those events. He's trending in the right direction. He's trending at the right time. I think Victor Hovland at 50 to 1, 45 to 1 could be an absolute steal. So in my opinion right now, I'm debating, do I want to take head case, uh, mental midget, speed, or do I want to take Hovland's and... <laughs> I wanted to see that face you made. Or do I want to take Hovland Zalatoris? That's the debate I'm making right now. And, uh, again, I'll leave it up to the listeners. You decide for yourself. But uh, I'm leaning towards the latter. Sometimes you just sound like such a fucking idiot, honestly. I don't no, because what... your bias, all you think about is just Spieth as your butt buddy because you bet on him every tournament. No, you just Sometimes said that this to... guy's looking like a steal and he hasn't finished top 20 at this tournament before. You didn't yeah. listen to anything I said. What was my main point? What Do you – do, you he, talked about this earlier about no, 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 oh, no. coming down point? coming down the stretch. Do you trust a guy? You trust this guy when he misses a green to get up and down from a fucking shitty lie on the back nine at the Masters with the with the oh. title on the line? Are you fucking crazy? He was doing it at St Andrews until Cam Smith just uh, stormed him. You don't remember that? Uh, what What about Cam Young? Sorry, I meant the. Did I say the Masters? I meant the Open. You said the Open. Okay, sorry. So, yeah, what do you mean Cam Young? Yeah, Cam Young was there, too. That's not my point. You said you trust him when the title's on the line and he has to compete. Yeah, he played pretty damn well on that Sunday. Getting up and down isn't even close to being at the Masters. Now you're changing your argument. No, you're changing it. I'm not at all. You said, can he get up and down from a tight lie when the the tournament's on the line? And that's exactly what he did at the Open. He got up and down You trust you, You trust that. I don't, I mean, at 50 to 1, the way he's striking the ball? He's hitting well, the cover that, off the fucking that, ball. That makes you and not me. Okay. You cover the you, you trust the mental midget at 18 to 1. I'll trust the guy that's striping the ball at 50 to 1. All right. I'll fucking do a handshake bet with you right now that Jordan Speeth finishes better and I'll take minus 150 on it. You can have the 50 cents of juice. Okay. Deal. All right. Boom. Cheers, everybody. All right. Drink to that. You're fucking toast. Me- mental midget. Are you fucking stupid? Honestly, I gave you a bit. Honest, that should be a higher number, but whatever. I'm so good. He's a mental midget. Hold, hit one on in the water on 12, and you'll lose your bet. <laughs> As Hovland is just skipping down 18, up four, waving at everyone, just enjoying it. Yeah, sit, sitting in the pine straw, trying to figure out how the fuck to get out of the woods and up and out of sand, like a nerd. Okay, anyways, right, continue. Let's go. 50 to one or above. I already mentioned. I prefaced it. I am. Out on long shots this week. Trust me. 
if you don't think that I want to bet on Min Woo Lee, you must not know that he is the cutest chipmunk I've ever seen in my life. I love him. I want to pinch his cheeks and give him a kiss on the forehead. I love you, Min Woo. Can't you can't do you at 55 to 1, but I'll be rooting for you, and I will have another bet on you later in this event. Tommy Fleetwood, another guy, intrigued. <laughs> Intrigued, not enough to bet you Tommy outright. Fleetwood not on, outright. not on U.S. Not on U.S. soil. Not on U.S. soil. It's the funniest joke I've heard in. Oh man. Months. Okay, <laughs> shut the fuck up for once and let me go through Woo! this. Two guys I have that I'm actually thinking about betting on. Number one is Justin Rose. Already won one time this week. Honestly, I I dare he won, you. He won this week. Wow. No, or sorry, this year. I dare you to find me I in the last 10 years, find me a, a guy with a better record at the Masters than Justin Rose. I dare you. Try. He should have won the 2015 Masters over Sergio. They went to a playoff. It's one into the trees on the playoff hole. Disgusting. But I liked it because I had Sergio. It's 50 to 1. But outside of that, this guy is in form, loves the track, has played here so many times he knows the intricacies from head to toe i'm interested in justin rose if the number drifts and the last guy i'm interested in and this is it for me honestly tom kim i know we talked about the whole debutante thing but if (laughs) you could get a 10 to 1 i mean i think that this guy's got a chance to take it to sunday and yeah look he he played a, a practice round with tiger today on monday i mean yeah yeah you're only going to gain knowledge playing a practice round with the, I don't know, Tiger Woods, the greatest golfer that's ever lived. So <laughs> to, to gain that course knowledge, that's huge for him as a debutante. The guy's a ball striker, loves the bright lights. I could see him just coming in on Sunday. Who knows? If, I mean, if I'm going to take someone over hundred to one, that's the guy outside of that. Nobody intrigues me. Adam Scott, I think might be interesting just to linger, but he's not winning this tournament. And yeah, there's just nobody else out there. I think answer at 170, I see at a certain place is maybe worth of you know a ten dollar bet or some stupid shit. But you know, these live guys are really tough to, to judge right now. So yeah, I'm not gonna expound too much. I'll do that on other markets. What do you think? Yeah, about? dude, I'm proud of you again for following in my footsteps. You love uh tailing me, but before I get into that, um yeah, another guy that loved playing in practice rounds with Tiger. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau never finished higher than T21 in six appearances at the Masters. So he must have got a lot of insight from from Tiger Woods in his practice rounds. Or he just thought he was playing a uh, part 67 for some reason when it wasn't. Uh, and you, you're, so, out, you're so proud of yourself for that joke, aren't you? I mean, everyone says it. So it was just going along with it. It's funny to make fun of Bryson, though, number one. so. Uh, but regardless, yeah, Justin Rose, 100% on my card, 70 to 1. The guy, he, he just he, – he found his irons. He's gained in seven straight with his irons, which is something that he was hemorrhaging previously. Also, if you guys are listening right now, as I finish my handicap, go on Twitter, type in Justin Rose, look up the video he posted. It's actually really fucking good. A couple minutes long, and he's going through – he's had his – he's had yardage books yeah, for years, that. and that he has saved cool. everything, every nugget he's learned from every single – like. He talks about each green having quadrants. He knows exactly where to put the balls on greens to be under the hole to putt. And that's why he's really dominated this course. He's he's literally a master of it. 
no pun intended, but like you look at the results here, T11, T8, 25, 14, 2, 10, 2, 12, cut, 23, 7. That is like that's so, the most elite. Just say, just say, history. just just say it out loud, Brandon. You were right. No one can beat the last 10 years. Thank you. No, no, no. I was gonna what my point was, I knew you wanted to cut me off and give your pick first because you were trying to steal my pick. That was what I was trying <laughs> to get at. Um but yeah, Justin Rose, I mean, at 71, you're not going to get any, and I hate Justin Rose, but I think this is like the best value pick on the board this week. You just hate people for no reason? Jeez. No, I hate him because every time I bet him, he misses the cut, and every time I fade him, he's competing to fucking win the event. So that's why I hate him. It's a pretty obvious reason. Mm, that's fair. Other than that, I'm not touching anyone else on this board. That's why I was trying to put a lot of time into the top like 70 to 1 and under because I have Nobody else I'm putting a bet on. Like, if anyone, it'd be Thatcher Reed, but fuck him. He's fat, and I don't want to fucking bet on him. It's not because he's fat. It's just because he looks like a pig. Go ahead. Wait, whoa, what's that say about me? Yeah, that's my point. Now, I was taking a shot at you. You couldn't tell. God, you're an asshole. All right, guys, that will do it I for I am our... what I eat. Go ahead. That'll do it for our Masters outright bets. Let's move into our matchup section where we can actually expound upon some players that might be fruitful this week, Jared. Oh, there's number three. Come on. There it is. I will lead us off with a Tina four pack. Oh, nice. And we're going to start with Jordan Spieth over to Cantley at minus 101. Get Jordan Spieth as an underdog at the Masters against a guy who his best finish ever is T17. I will take that as an underdog every single time in Jordan Spieth's current form. Give me. Tony Finau over Xander Shoffley could basically say the same thing. Tony Finau has dominated this track. Xander Shoffley only one time in his career has a top 10 or at least a contending finish here that I'm worried about. We talked about fading fits and investing in Willie Z. Well, why not do it in a matchup if you're not going to take him out right? Give me Will Zalatoris over Matthew Fitzpatrick at minus 115 odds. That's basically a pick em. And lastly, give me. El Tigre, Tiger Woods over Wow, Sergio Garcia, plus 103. We know Tiger is going to make the cut. Will Sergio Garcia, if and if he does, I'll see you on the weekend, Sergio. Wow. So, look, I only have a, a three-pack for us. Master or majors, I've learned, are not my bread and butter when it comes to uh, matchups. So, I pick and choose and what I do best. I love taking underdogs where for first time listeners, long time callers, um, you're going to have to, you, you know, you know, more than anyone. I love taking underdogs where I think the matchup at worst is a 50, 50 head to head. That's where, in my opinion, I get value and win. We're going, I kind of did the same thing as Brandon, except I took the better golfer who's going to win instead of speed. I went Justin Thomas over Cantlay at plus plus one twenty. I get JT plus one twenty over Cantlay. Is Cantlay ever finished in the top 20? Whatever. Doesn't matter. Easy winner at plus money. I just mentioned you went T17, but that was two years I, it, ago. Yeah, it was. You smell like shit and you look like one too. Morikawa plus 110 over Finau. Now, only because my brother was just yapping at me, I'm going to fade him. Finau, I know, great course history, blah, blah, blah. Morikawa is going to finish in the top five. I'll take my chances. Finau doesn't. At plus money. Last but not least. What does the fuck say? Brian Fox, wet conditions, elite driver of the golf ball. I'm getting him at plus 125 over Taylor Moore. The short hitting Taylor Moore just because he won a couple starts ago going back door the way all us guys like to do it, right? Like, 
I don't know. I don't get this line, but I'm taking it. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy my 3-0 and plus money. Threesome matchups. Wow, Jared's the only one that likes to take it back to work. Love to hear it. I am? I don't know. No, I don't think so. Okay. Well, let's go with some props. Fuck first round leaders. Oh, I got I got a great pro- Yeah, I'm, I'm out. I mean, it's also Monday. We have to No, we're not doing first round leaders. Yeah, I'm not doing that until I get leads. Give me some prop market, though, action here. And here's where I'm going to go with my plays. I got a few top 20s that I think are going to provide some solid value here. We're going to go with Jason you, Day. If you hijack me again, I'm going to spear you. Jason Sorry, Day, Jason Day, top 20, minus 125. This guy has played well throughout the course of his career, is in great form. To, to get top 20 here is basically like getting top 50 at any other tournament. This screams a value. Give me Max Homa, top 20, minus 110. The guy is a top 20 machine. If I think he's going to win, so I think he's going to top 20. May as well take that too. <laughs> and lastly, in your honor... Man. Nate Lashley? Give me Mito Pereira. Top, top 20, plus 250 odds to finish top 20. He's been phenomenal so far on Live Tour, and he was already shining some real nice glory on the PGA Tour. I don't see any reason why he doesn't carry that momentum over. He's one of those guys that's not going to be in the spotlight with the whole Live PGA thing. He's just going to play his golf. I think P- Mito Herrera at top 20 plus 250 odds might be my favorite bet of the week, to be honest. Yeah, my favorite bet of the week is that Mito Pereira gets to hang out with Ray's Creek five or more times this week. So let's put it that way Ray's Creek, Mito Pereira, collision course. Hope you hit in the water five times, Mito, if you're listening. And I also hope that your your wife leaves you. All right. The only so, person that can hit it five times in the water in a row at the Masters is the guy I bet. Tiger Woods over. And that's Sergio Garcia the year after he won the Masters hit the ball five times in the water in a row on the 15th hole. Thank you. Bye. Wow. You're, you're so smart. All right. I got four. Um, hmm, where do I want to start when it comes to these? You know, I'll start with low am, right? We're going, or I guess low am, top am. It means the same thing. They're synonymous. We're going Gordon Sargent, the am from Vanderbilt, plus 175. Dude, Sam Bennett's kind of regressed this year. The other Am who's been dominant, who's been playing these PGA, PGA Tour events, whose name I forgot. But you guys, if you're diehard fans, you know, I, no, no, no. That, I'm talking about recently. He's been getting exemptions of like <laughs> two, two of the Wait, last four weeks. Is Agassad playing for the 20th year in a row as an amateur? <laughs> no, he is not. He is not. Thank God. Um, I'm trying to look it up quickly to see which who's the one I'm talking about. Oh, Ludwig Adberg. He's not playing. He didn't qualify for it. But right now, he's the second and um in the world. So Gordon Sargent is by far the number one am in the world who's in this field. He's getting plus 175. I'll gladly take it. I'll gladly take it. Stuff that plus money right up. You know where. Next but not least, Tiger. Under 44 and a half finishing position. Plus 105. Jeez, I am am smashing that bet. Plus 105. And I think the only worry why it's plus money is that, oh, the wet, the cold weather on the weekend. And that kind of worries me as well. Uh, But I'd rather take the plus 105 to take the under than to take the make the cut at minus like 210. So for me, there was 100 cents of value. Or I'll I'll bet on Tiger once he makes the cut. (laughs) Like if you make the cut, there's top 15 ties. So what, 56 people, 59 people will make the cut? 
So yeah. he has to just beat 10 to like 15 of those guys. When somehow extra... pa- Pablo Alafable and Colin Montgomery oh, somehow make the cut. Yeah, that's two people that you can beat out. Come on, Brandon. I know you're golf. Montgomery's was his last year last year, but I hear your point. I hear your point. And I thought you were going to steal this one, but my favorite top 20 of the week, Corey Connors, plus 180. Top 20, not going to bet on the win, but the guy's striping the ball. He loves his course. He loves the fast greens. That's kind of a way for me to hedge uh, not betting him and not allocating any other resources to him. I'll gladly take him at top 20 at plus 180. And last but not least, for all you guys out there, shout out my friend Manny. He's the king of laying juice. And we his nickname is The Worm. So we call his bets The Worm Burners. So I have the biggest worm burner you'll ever see. Brandon, I alluded to you earlier today, and now you're going to hear it. Will anyone record an albatross? No. Minus 3,000. There is no, <laughs> no chance. No chance. Anyone is recording an albatross. There's Zero no chance. shot. There's no Zero. shot. And you only have to lay minus 3,000. If you have credit on a book that's offering this, and you could lay up, lay as much as you can, because that's just free money. You could go have a ribeye, a nice steak dinner. Do it. Who cares? Get a stripper or a prostitute for all I care. You will have free money and do whatever the hell you want with it because that's the easiest bet I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, it is. No, because the one hole, though, let me be honest, the one hole that you normally could actually have a chance to albatross on would be 13. Now they move it back 35 yards. There's no way any most player, like I read a quote today, just, Dustin Johnson said he had a perfect drive and then he laid up. He's no one's going to go for that green. No one's going for 15. The only chance is Louie, when he hit the one on two, was so lucky. Like he had the perfect rollout. Minus it, was, it was a back pin, too, which is, yeah, minus might be the easier low. one, technically. No, minus 3,000 is low. This That bet should be minus like 50,000. That is like, that is the a great odds that you could take. Any idiot that's taken 10 to 1 on the yes, they should just jump off a cliff. Sorry, I didn't mean that. Just give away your money instead. Send it to charity. Like, do yeah. the proper thing. Yeah, be be good people, you know. All right, let's finish it up with I've got a few questions for you for the listeners. Um for starters, we've got Boom Boom 72. <laughs> I love Boom Boom. That's why I laugh every time you say He wants to know is Tiger Woods top 10 finish a Looney Tunes bet? Uh and he's going to hang up and listen. Wow. So we're we talking like Tarzan Looney Tunes or whatever. Okay, I digress. Let me look this up quickly here as we um, hold on. We're going to Tiger. I, I got this. Where is he? Top ten. Is about five to one odds. Yeah, it's pretty fucking Looney Tune. Although it's I not, mean, it's not horrible. Yeah, five to one. I'd say I want to say Looney Tunes. I'd say it'd be Looney Looney Tune to take that and not just take him sixty-five to one to win because he's in the top ten. He's on the prowl and he's getting the job done. Sex Bang fourteen hundred seventy two wants to know if Bryson DeChambeau has any chance of making the cut this week. Does he have a chance? No, actually, he doesn't. Take him to miss the cut, Bryson DeChambeau. Let's see here. And boom, boom, great question. Uh, so we have Bryson here. Oh wow, these are so, so look. Vegas knows miss the cut is plus one twenty. Everyone's gonna be like. Oh, Bryson, minus 150, he's definitely making the cut. No, he isn't. He's a loser. He has no friends. And Tiger kicked him out of his circle. And for a guy like him, that's demoralizing mentally, physically, and emotionally. It's a good point. So plus 120, 
take that. He has zero chance, zero to make the cut. Skittles are best red. 11 wants to know Sahith Tigala or Tom Kim this week. Hmm. That's interesting. Is that a uh, debutant versus debutant? It sure is. Wow. But, that's a hard one. See, I mean, I, mean, I, 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 I see my thing is I agree that Skittles are best red, but besides that, I, you know, I don't have, look, I answered the last two questions. So this one's on you kid. Answer the question. Honestly, like, frankly, I already mentioned that Tom Kim, I potentially bet him to win outright. He's the cutest little chipmunk I've ever seen in my life. But if you've ever <laughs> seen Sahith Tigala and his family on the Netflix series, Sahith Tigala's dad, I, I would smooch him just on the cheeks, give him a wet one if I saw him. So for that reason and that reason alone, give me Sahith Tigala. Wow, so you just faded your oh, you know what, Brandon? In your defense, I'll call that a hedge. Nice, smart hedge out of you. Well, it was five to one odds, so to you know, so I like my chances there. And then, lastly, Nate Ashley, no, um, who is this? Oh, Skink Wink. This guy's our favorite. Oh, 82, yeah, Skink Wink 82. This fucking guy, he said, Yo, Kevin Kisser never says that he has a chance to win here. But do you think that he has a chance to be Bernhard longer this week? <laughs> um, actually, I think he has a zero chance. He's been in terrible form. Bernhard longer has been pumping his little baby Viagra dick all over the Champions Tour for the last <laughs> couple months. So what has Kizer been doing? Nothing. He's been just hanging out, his ugly wife, chilling, doing whatever. No, I think that Bernhard longer takes him to the woodshed. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Guys, this is what you guys get when you tune into Golf Picks the Podics. We got to give you guys a good fucking one. It's the Masters Week. JP, any last thoughts? Yeah, I do have some last thoughts, actually. I think this is going to be an epic Masters. I didn't see the bet, but I would tell you guys, it's probably three to one. I'm telling you right now, bet, it's going to a playoff. This event's going to a playoff. I think if you have even an option, it's going to throw a playoff. I think this is going to be an epic event. It may finish on Monday due to the rain. I hope so, because we're going to be in bumfuck Virginia, and I want to be home to watch the end of it. But all things considered, just have fun. Enjoy it. Bet the guys you want to win. That's one thing I'll say. Don't listen to anything we said. Whenever you have a tiebreaker. <laughs> really good no, a way to end the box. No, no, no. That's not what I mean. I'm saying you can listen to what – no. Listen to what we said, but, like, we said a bunch of picks. Like you, we can't, you can't take all the guys we said combined, right? So if you're debating between X or X person, take the guy you want to win. If you hate someone, bet against him. Do things that make you happy, because in the end, it's for you entertainment. Bet man. The farm, because you're going to win in the long haul. What's the winning score? I think six minus. I think it's going to be kind of brutal conditions, and it's going to be tough out there. And I think that thirteen is the easiest hole on the course traditionally, and it's going to be a lot harder than it used to be. So I think it's going to shave. Like honestly, never mind. I'm going to rephrase it now because of that. It's, I'm saying minus four because I think what? you're gonna lose you're gonna lose two strokes on 13 alone in overall. Like all these guys are gonna be laying up instead of going for it, and they're not gonna have eagle putts. They're gonna have up and downs from 80 yards for birdie, and Which that's might gonna be shave. easier in wet conditions. No, Brandon, the ball doesn't roll out. So when you're 250 yards out and there's a creek in front of the green, and over it are I get the concept, but I'm saying laying up like there's still gonna be a lot of birdies to be had. 
I'm saying there's not going to be the Eagles we had, which is 13 was a king eagle hole. A lot of people would eagle there. Eagle I, all the time, I think so. I, I think minus 12. Yeah, well, God, you want another handshake bet? Over under eight and a half. I'll take the over. You mean like, okay, I hear what you're saying. All right, deal. Another handshake bet. Wow, we got two. Let's go. I had one other question. Oh, honorary uh, tee shots. Who hit, who Who's the longer drive? Who's the third person now? It's a great question. I just thought of it. What's his, they, they like last year, they like put that, and no offense, the African-American guy that I forgot his name, but he passed away this past year. So he's not doing it anymore. So they they have to have – it's Gary Player, Jack Nicholas, and there has to be a new third. I just don't it know is who the Tom new third Watson, is. Tom Watson, Jack Nicholas. And, oh, Watson. And Watson Gary, got a oh, – Gary Player. Johnny Watson. Johnny Watson. He's going to outdrive everyone. Yeah, I'll take Tom Watson and have long drive there as well. I like that uh, a lot. Yeah. By a Honestly, mile. By a mile. I'll, I'll t- I mean, there's no way to measure it, but I would take Jack Nicholas plus 25 yards. Uh it doesn't matter. We're, it's all semantics. But last, last one, ace or no ace? No ace. I say ace. Handshake. I'm anti fun. That's three bets. No, I no, 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 no. I have, I have no, no dog on the fight there. Okay. All right, I so. want to see an ace. I don't want to root against an ace. I think an ace is happening. Everybody, that's gonna do it for this edition of Golf Picks with the Plotics presented by Bet the Farm Podcast. We are back. I am. Brandon Plotnick, Dino the Pig. I'm with the farmer, Jared Plotnick. Good luck, everybody. GLTA.